We're at FinTech Connect, and Suresh, you're the CEO of Thai Payments. Tell me what you mean by saying, banks are dead, long live the banks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was a statement that I made, um, and there was always, there's always repercussions to everything that you say. So, what I was basically trying to say was that the traditional banks have, have traditionally been stuck in a rut. And what I mean by that is they have tended to always do things a certain way because that's the way it's always been done. And what we've seen is the emergence of these fintechs or challenger banks. Initially, they were ignored by the banks. Initially, they were actually looked at and said, they're trying something experimental, we're not overly concerned. But based on the user experience and traction that they've given to their end customers, the traditional banks have actually stood up and realized that they need to change their approach. So when I say that banks are dead, I'm actually saying that banks in the way that they have historically thought and the way that they've approached things, the way that they develop things, the mindset they have, all of that is actually needs, needs to evolve if they want to remain relevant. They need to learn and do it in a way that is a different mindset. So the approaches that the, the, the newer players to the market, the newer banks have, it's day and night from the traditional banks. Traditional banks have a risk that they may, became, they may become legacy or they are becoming legacy, whether it's the way that they approach their technology or the way they approach their business in general. And the challenger banks are the future based on the mindset and the way that they approach solutions. I'm gonna give you a very simple example. Let's talk about development cycles, for example. If a bank wanted to, a traditional bank wanted to launch a car, it would say, we're gonna plan this out, it's gonna take three, four years, and we'll launch it in three, four years. In that time, the market could have moved. What they planned for the car may not be relevant. What a challenger bank or a fintech mindset would be is, we're gonna launch a car. But the first thing we're going to get out to our customer is a scooter. And then we're going to upgrade the scooter to be a motorbike. We're going to change the motorbike to be, you know, a three-wheel bike, a three-wheel car before it's a full car. And their mindset is, let's get something live to market. Let's learn from our customers. Let's develop the proposition. And we actually end up with a much better end product. I think it's a, it's a very good thing because technology cycles are constantly shrinking. And one thing we can say for sure is the future brings uncertainty and, and there's so many changes happening, whether they're regulatory changes or, or compliance issues or fraud. As a result of that, things that used to take two, three years are being done instantly. If you just look at yourself as an end customer, you want instant gratification. If you buy something, you buy something and you want to know that the confirmation the payment's gone through, you almost want to track when it's going to arrive. You probably might spend something that costs a lot more knowing that um, you'll get it the next day rather than waiting a month for it. You mentioned regulation. Uh, what role does that play? I guess one of the things people often forget about is UK has been historically seen as the fintech capital of the world. And we could happily say it's because we've got such clever people and we're, we're so forward thinking. But the regulation here has actually been very supportive of that. The regulation in the UK has been open. The regulators have been easier to approach. They've launched things like the regulatory sandbox. It just makes you think, why did so many European companies that are based in Europe decide to get an e-money license or regulate, regulatory license in the UK of all the others? 
And our, our prime contrast to that is somewhere like Germany, where the regulators have been very cautious about what they do. If you open an account in the UK, I can open the app, I can verify my details based on a database, and that's fine. In Germany, there is a requirement that I must do a face-to-face. -face. Imagine I'm opening a challenger bank, I'm opening the app and it's saying, I need to do a video interview with you, or I need to go and meet someone face-to-face -face as a requirement based on the regulators. Not only is it not efficient, it's actually a really costly process. So I think that the environment and the regulations that you operate in is fundamental to the success of your business. How, how can technology best support this evolution that we've got now? That's interesting because what we've seen in the market is technology cycles shrinking. So if you just go back five or six years, a platform, that, a banking platform that was 30 years was considered end of life. Now it's actually 10 years. So a technology platform that's 10 years is now considered end of life. And this trend will constantly happen. So it's going to get less and less. Now the problem with this is if I said the tech cycle is three years or five years, it becomes a much more complicated conversation when you speak to your finance director to say, guys, we need to buy this new tech. How long are you going to use it? Five years. It's going to cost you millions. They're like, we're not signing off on this. So this is something that has to give. A lot of these tech platforms have been built where they become legacy. So there's actually the architecture of the platform, how people are building systems need to be future-proof. They need to be adaptable because the, the, the rate, the, there are so many changes happening in our payment space that you cannot build a one-stop fits all. And there are ways and learnings in order for us to do that. And lastly, how can traditional banks learn from fintechs and tangents? So the key thing here, and I, and I talked about it earlier, it is about mindset. It is about mindset. So there's two things. One is, if you just go back a few years, the banks would traditionally never, um, would never collaborate with anybody. Everything they did was behind closed doors. It was like, we're going to build it in-house, we're going to do it ourselves, and we're going to do something amazing. The kind of the fintechs came in and said, you know what, we know what we're good at, and we know where we're going to partner with other providers. And actually, we're going to use the best providers to launch the best service for the end customer. So what they have done is they've been precious about owning the customer, but not been precious about owning every aspect that supplies the client. So the collaboration part from fintechs, if they want to innovate quicker, they have to collaborate, number one. And two is, it, it, it's a mindset in which it's about failing and failing quick. And I know, I know it's become a cliche, but that example I mentioned about a car launching, they will launch it and three years later, it's either a success or it's a flop. Whereas that example of the scooter I gave you is a success or failure at every stage for them to learn on the next. So people say fail and fail quick and it sounds a bit weird because it's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. The banks feel like they can't fail quick. They have to get the product right all the time. It's a different mindset. It's moving quicker than that.